1: Just quiet, just somber, you know. Just pe- people, just not. You know, you didn't hear hear much, but you know, it's it's late. It's been a long night. Obviously, everybody's you know concerned about Demar more than anything. I mean, you know, I think people. And I, I will tell you though that a lot of times it's like that. anyway, when it's just quiet and people trying to get work done or sleep or something, especially after a game. But you know, it was definitely you could feel you could feel that you know it was weighing on everyone. I will just say it that way.
2: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That is the voice of Sal Capaccio. Uh, he is a, a Bills radio reporter. He was on CBS's overnight show after he landed. They flew home late uh, to uh, to Buffalo, and he was on the team plane. And that is his uh, description of what the atmosphere was like. I know a lot of players went to the hospital and stayed uh in in uh in cincinnati uh after uh after the the uh, demar hamlin uh, uh was rushed to the hospital after that happened and and it, you know it, there were a lot of guys crying on the field there was a lot of guys responding it was a it was a really very tense emotional situation we still don't have a uh an update no update today point. yeah and um and uh Sal Capaccio it, lands at two o'clock in the morning and goes on national radio to tell you what it was like on the airplane.
3: Stefan Diggs was at the hospital. Yes, we saw a video of yeah, that. Yeah, the reaction immediately kind of let everybody know this was not your typical injury. This was something that was far worse. You saw uh, Hamlin staggering and then eventually dropping and. Uh, you, you knew it was serious. And you knew that we were watching more than your – it was went from injury to tragedy in a very short amount of time. Chris Pronger tweeted this out, Molly. We talked oh, about the gosh. hockey player, Hockey yeah. Hall of Famer, who on May eleventh, nineteen 1998, took a slap shot right in the chest. And the video of that, which is making the rounds on social media, is, is frightening as well because he went down. And Chris Pronger tweets out prayers that DeMar Hamlin can have the same outcome that I was fortunate to have with my incident. Our thoughts and prayers go out to DeMar, his family, teammates, and the greater NFL community during this incredibly scary time. Chris Pronger recovered from that, and he played 12 more years in the NHL and ended up in the Hall of Fame. So that's encouraging, and until we get any other news, no news could be maybe perceived as good news, trying to stay positive here because of uh, of everything that we saw happen last night on national TV.
2: And, and um – um you know, it, it was just one of those situations that is so far out of the norm um, that it was. It just left you sort of trying to figure out uh, exactly kind of what had happened, how it had happened, what were the circumstances. I don't, I don't know how they could have finished that game, frankly. Um, with with any, you know, just just the severity of of um, of that issue and the concern with so many players. And, you know, it it was, I mean, it was amazing to watch. I mean, you you saw uh, there on the field, you've got, you know, Josh Allen kind of, you know, looks like he's breaking down a little bit and he's being consoled by um, Joe Burrow. I I mean, it's, it was just amazing. It humanizes these guys. It does humanize everyone. To the point where they don't, Uh,
3: They aren't football players. There aren't people you're watching to see how they do for your fantasy team. This is reality, and it hits you hard because you see a 24-year-old professional athlete uh, whose heart stopped beating, and they had to revive him on the field. And thank goodness they had all the equipment there, and they got him to the hospital, and we'll wait and see to the the next step. The Bills have released the information. We know where that stands And now the conversation does kind of shift to what to do about the game. I was encouraged to hear Mike Florio say what he said. He's somebody who talks to a lot of people in league circles. Troy Vincent spoke overnight. It doesn't sound like they were considering even playing the game as early as tomorrow, as has been suggested. I don't think that makes any sense at all. Mm -hmm. This is just going to be one of those things. in Extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures, and this is one of those times. I think where you're just going to have to do things in a way you didn't anticipate, but sometimes you're forced to because of what happened in last night.
2: And you, you know, you mention um, Chris Pronger's reaction and, and a guy that had a uh, a similar you know chest injury that led to cardiac arrest and uh, and managed to come back fairly quickly and have a a rich career. Um, I, I saw LeBron James. Uh, talking about it after the game, he said that he's a big NFL fan and sent out his uh, his uh, you know thoughts to, to to the family of the player and to all of the NFL and all of the the you know the connected family, the brotherhood of the NFL. I believe is the term he used, and I thought that was nice. I I just you know I don't know I don't know anyone. That doesn't look at something like that and and immediately start worrying about their own people and their own. It's just it's because it's so out of kind of the norm, right? And it there, there is that tragedy feeling like this is not supposed to happen. How did this happen? And it, and it's just um, it's and, gutting. And,
3: and let's face it, I think the the it would have resonated had it happened on Sunday afternoon at 2.30. But I think the fact that it was Monday night football uh, and a national right. audience on a big stage with – it was on the national network. And so you're, you're dealing with people who are watching and the audience is bigger. And the NFL is the sport to which America is addicted. And you see this happen. And it does stop people in their tracks. And everyone has a response, a reaction, and can relate to it. So – this is why this is why this is a, a Nash, such a national story because you just don't know what's going to happen next and you're used to processing injury but not tragedy not like this.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I gotta tell you, it, it's just like one of the strangest elements of this. And I know no one cares, but we have a texter checking in like, "Hey, who, wasn't there a Bears player who died? There was a Detroit Lions player who died on the field named." Uh, Chuck Hughes and yeah. I believe that was 1971. It was. Mm-hmm. And um and David um we had a caller in the post game show who referenced Chuck Hughes if they it, hey if you don't protect Justin Fields and reference it it was just like well that's inappropriate and I got a text from a friend of mine saying can you believe that uh that that happened that some guy called up and referenced it and I was like yeah you know whatever and then then this happens overnight and now Chuck Hughes is somehow in the news cuz it was a, it, you know this well, it's, happened. it's where everybody's I, mind saying, goes it is very like, ironic that it happened weird. on sunday is it's very weird. strange it's a very strange yeah. thing that to have I've ta- heard the name on sunday and on monday and then here we are on tuesday morning and we and we're trying and i please god uh you know we we are not talking about a fatality here and hopefully and i don't know how long uh you know again it took them to uh to 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 get uh, um the the player uh back and and you know breathe demar uh, uh hamlin his heart he he had cardiac arrest and they had to get his heart going and they had they had to get him breathing um and i don't know that he was breathing on his own i mean it was very reports scary reports were that he was not initially yes. that yes. he
3: uh, was not breathing on his own, and reports again from people at the scene, from networks that were there from Cincinnati, I think maybe Buffalo, radio reports several minutes between eight and nine minutes, I think has been reported that um, this this process took place. And then what was interesting to me, Molly, everything sta- everyone has something that stands out to them, but they he was in the ambulance on the way to the hospital, but they were waiting for his mother to get down there. If you were yeah, to if, if transport it was such an, her it, separately. Yeah, yeah. It, if it's such but an emergent have, situation? They must have felt like it was in control. Yeah,
2: they must have that's, felt like they got they got that, that it was improved enough and stabilized enough to get him to the hospital. That's why I that think. They could, yeah, that's you a felt good, a little encouraged. Yeah, that's a if, good thought. If they were yes. waiting
3: for the mom, yeah, then there must not have been an, oh, you know, an overwhelming rush to get to the hospital until the mom gets there, so she can accompany her son, who must have been boy. That must have been such a. Uh, shocked you talk about somebody being just traumatized by that event um imagine being a parent in that situation but no i
2: can't it's it's just i mean that you know he's 24 years old that's his mother yeah. at the game that's her son that is her baby i i don't know how you would feel any other way i mean it's just but God, again on the positive stuff. sense
3: the fact that there he was in a position to be helped immediately. And they had the equipment there and they knew what to do. They knew how to act. And they were close to a hospital, uh, a trauma center. And that is what I think would take took me back to again. Everyone's got their own reference point, but remember Danny Farquhar, the white Sox pitcher yes, on the South side had a, a yeah. brain hemorrhage in April of 2018 and he was saved and resuscitated and everything taken to the hospital in the proximity to the hospital and the fast actions by the people on hand the medical personnel the first responders if you will saved him from that being worse and he had a full recovery and so you just want to be in a time like this optimistic you want to hope for the best until you get more information and and even then you just want to stay positive so tweets like Chris Prongers and and LeBron James and whoever can add to
2: the mix the conversation you want to keep things upbeat. I think donovan mitchell was asked about it after his 71 point uh, uh night so uh, you know i think anybody in the world of sport it was the it was clearly um making the rounds with everyone and and everyone is following every other sport and everyone is aware of it um we have a texter checking in who wants to to mention uh christian erickson we did talk about yep. him uh earlier in the program and and the difference being obviously. Uh, when you talk about a a hit, uh, you know, a sudden shot to the uh, to the chest wall that impacts the heart is different than a guy that went into cardiac arrest while playing the game. It turns out he had a a um, some sort of rhythmic disturbance in his heart um, and collapsed in a in a uh, European uh, uh, championship game, and they ended up, you know, again, same situation where they were right there. They had to revive him and bring him back. He had a, uh, a, a, a it's called a cardio, it's called a, uh, a a cardio defibrillator or something like that, put in his chest to straighten out his heartbeat. This is a different deal because that wasn't this wasn't just some sort of a heart issue. This was created by the impact of the chest wall, by all accounts. So it is. Um, and he you know, recovered. He recovered and is playing right now in the Premier League. Right. He played in the World Cup. Played in the World so, Cup. So, you know, there, again, but a different, Not you know, it's very difficult to kind of find uh, the exact same injury. The pronger thing is probably a much closer type of, uh, you know, the sudden It's impact, amazing that he played I 12 more years after incredible.
3: that. Not only from a physical perspective, Molly, yeah. but I think that we can't ignore, and we haven't, the mental toll and aspect and the mental health a recovery that's necessary as well because this was a traumatic event right and so as i mentioned earlier in the show if you're an nfl team like the bears or or whoever the other teams that are watching this unfold i think that now today or if today's a day off tomorrow whenever you get in touch with your players again you have to have all of your mental health uh personnel available to talk through this to have them uh, deal with this in a way that they need to deal with this because You saw the outpouring. Everyone is affected by this. Imagine being part of that brotherhood and how that might hit you in a way that doesn't necessarily hit you or I.
2: I have a texter here. I was an ICU cardiac cath lab RN for my career. It is not unusual post-cardiac arrest for the patient after establishing a cardiac rhythm to require a ventilator. Some do make a full recovery, so my prayers are with this young man that he will recover. That's, That's good. That's a nice text. text. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. 6767. Frank is on the road. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Uh, hello, Molly. Yes,
1: sir. Hey, uh, I just thought I'd give you a little input in a game. If you can remember uh, uh, that Lions game in the Bears in 1971. I remember distinctly when that happened because the funny thing is, who took a lot of heat in that game was Dick Butkus because there's a famous picture of him waving to get medical help. Right. uh, You know, and everybody in Detroit thought that somebody, Butkus hit him or something, but he really didn't. Basically what happened, it was at the end of the game and the Lions were driving down the field and uh, he caught a pass. And it was two plays later. He was just running around, and then he just went over and keeled over.
3: Yeah, he was and jogging back to the that's what happened Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he uh, – and there's always – this. but just took a lot of heat about that. And I don't know if you remember this, but I could always remember when they always showed a final score to game. You could always hear an ambulance, um, a siren of an ambulance. I'm thinking, oh, God, that's probably him going to the hospital, you know, and – unfortunately he passed away yeah but they i think they did an autopsy on him if you can remember that he had the uh body like his organs and his heart and that was like of a 70 year old man
2: Jesus.
3: yeah thanks for the phone call i don't remember that but i have read up on it and it was he had a heart attack but it was coronary thrombosis and it was his blood supply to the heart was blocked. Right. So that was a contributing factor, and the autopsy revealed that. And Dick Butkus was involved in calling medical personnel right. onto the field. Right. had nothing to do with a hit from him. No,
2: he alerted the yeah. medical staff right. that it was a serious injury because he yeah. saw it right happen in front of him. Let's try Alex. He's in Green Bay. Hey, Alex. Hey, Molly. Uh, I was one of the
4: uh, callers on Sunday Right, that called up and ranted and raved it and and uh, and said horrible things about some of our players. You know, I called Jenkins soft and and Braxton Jones shouldn't be in the league and anything. And you know, I really dehumanized those guys. And uh, after watching last night, I haven't been able to sleep. You know, it's we watch them, we we watch them, and we forget sometimes that they're out there doing their best. They're human beings, and they're somebody's son, brother, friend. And now you got this young man fighting for his life. I've been praying for him all night. I wanted to also apologize to you and Patrick for having to take the brunt of those calls. Um, I know you don't like watching the Bears lose either, but, you know, sometimes our emotions get the best of us. And I just wanted to try to make that right. Prayers to DeMar Hamlin. And thanks, you guys. I love you guys. and love my Bears
3: and Bear Down Nation.
2: God bless you, Alex. That is a great call. Yeah, I mean, thanks for the phone call. That is really good.
3: That's good perspective, and I uh, I wish I would have heard that call now. And Sunday, you know,
2: I, he wasn't even that bad, honestly. I mean, when we talked to Alex; he wasn't as bad. There, some of them were just very upset. I mean, which I don't blame. And I mean, you know, to say that though, to say that he watched what happened, yeah. and he now realizes he's not he 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 was kind of dehumanizing player. You know Alex, it's okay. That's how you watch sports. That is, you know, to make an assessment or a judgment of someone's playing, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't feel bad about that. But but they are they are young men trying their best and they're playing at an extraordinary level and it is a remarkable accomplishment. I mean, you know, you you think about um everything that that happened with uh, DeMar Hamlin you know, this guy was a sixth-round draft pick who came into the season as a backup and and a special teams guy, and due to injury, he's forced onto the field, and he played very well, had a great year. 2nd um, leading tackler in the Bills. No question. This is a team that's this,
3: thinking Super Bowl.
2: Imagine a guy, a sixth-round draft pick, you know, getting his dream and seeing it come to fruition, and then obviously – uh, this horrible uh, thing that happened, this awful tragedy that happened yesterday. You know, you can, you know, that's a guy that was living his dream. And, uh, you know, his mom's at the game. There was, there you know, I saw that they shared a hug before the game went on and all that. I mean, it's just, it's it, heart-wrenching.
3: Big game, big moment. He's a starter since Micah Hyde went down. His parents are there, his mom's there. And yeah, you think that this is just going to be another big moment in a season full of them for DeMar the Hamlin. And then the un- unthinkable happens. And when Alex puts these things in perspective, and yeah. everybody seems to have done that. I think a lot of people are doing that now. It's like, this is, yeah, I don't want to say dehumanizes these guys, but they're, I don't think that. They're, they're, they're people yeah, just they like, are. and, and yeah. they're relatable in that you see these families going through this personal horror and you hope to always be able to avoid that. But it does put things into perspective both when evaluating you know how you react after a loss if you will also when evaluating what to do next i think that's going to be part of the conversation what to do about this game what to do about the home field advantage things that seem very important and more important 24 hours ago than today that's a kind of perspective from alex that i think you're you're seeing a lot of
2: people kind of apply to themselves today 312-644-6767 it's Mullion hall on the score Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Ah, oh, man! I'll tell you what. We are uh, keeping in perspective here this morning after seeing what happened to Bill Safety, Demar Hamlin. He collapsed on the field and uh, underwent CPR. They got him to the hospital, and um, he's in um, critical condition in the uh, University of Cincinnati. Uh, medical center and let's hope that there's good news this morning at some point hope or so. this afternoon yeah. or whenever the whenever. good news comes. Whenever the yeah.
3: next update comes, you hope that it's yeah. a positive one. What we saw last night was something that I I think was unprecedented in watching live sports. I can't mm-hmm. remember anything else that even matches that Malia, I don't know if you yeah. can think of anything, but it was just extraordinary and to see the the ongoing news coverage of it and seeing how they reacted responsibly that was encouraging and hopefully we'll get some better news later today and that's the next big headline is that the Mar Hamlin is responding and recovering and, and headed in the right direction
2: yeah and it, you know again you know God bless to him and uh, and your prayers should go out for a, a a quick recovery and and a recovery period I mean good goodness gracious you know the idea that that a player's heartbeat has to be restored uh, on a playing field is just the most chilling thing ever.
3: You know, T. Higgins is somebody who you oh, wonder boy. how. Yeah, how's he feeling? He is yeah. feeling, and how his recovery yeah. from a, from a mental health perspective. Right, he was involved in that, and he, he was he, the
2: player that, he, that was tackled on yeah. the play. Yeah,
3: he. It was the collision with T. Higgins which yes. prompted the response and Hamlin to go down. And you you saw the social media response. I think that T. Higgins tweeted at uh, Hamlin or just tweeted his his prayers and thoughts with with the player. So yeah, there's all kinds of everyone was affected. Every teammate, every opponent, every peer, and everyone, every fan watching.
2: So yeah, it's just you hope for the best. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Mike is in Rockford. Hey, Mike. Morning,
6: guys. How are you? Good. Uh, listen, I, I this is uh, I have a family member. My sister lives has lived in Buffalo for thirty years with her husband and their kids. They're all big Bills fans, and they were watched the game last night. And they said it was just horrible to see. And I can imagine the guys. Listen, by uh, obviously, uppermost concern is is his health that he, you know, recovers from this fully. Um, and his and th- thoughts and prayers go out to the family. But I want to ask a question. This has huge implications on the NFL, and nobody's – I know it's too early to talk about this, but you're looking at the, the Bills and you're looking at the, well, the Bengals obviously playing for that number one – could be playing for number two seed, the Bengals, the number one for the Bills. And you guys – and Pat, you know because you played the game, there's so much preparation that goes in in a week, and they haven't even talked about rescheduling the game. But, guys, do they just suspend the entire – and I know they can't do it because the Super Bowl plans are made already in a certain dates and there's huge implications with this guys, but how is this in all fairness to football fans? uh, And, and, you know, what, how do they fix this? Because this is, maybe it's too early to talk about it. Um, I had a friend when I was in track that died uh, when I was in eighth grade and he died of cardiac arrest. And so it's a horrible thing, guys. And they canceled the entire uh, track season
4: um,
6: because it was so bad, but, but, what do they do to fix this as far as um, going forward? Because those two games were huge. If they don't play it, then they automatically gift the chiefs number one seed, where the bills could basically get it. If the bills were to, you know, you know what I'm saying? This has got huge implications guys. So um, I don't know. I I don't know how they fix this. How do they go about it? It's not fair to the teams. Um, And it's, it's, I don't know, guys. How, how, this is a really tough thing. Yeah. And, and I don't th- Thanks, Mike.
2: Thanks for the phone call. And, and um, you know, we talked a little bit about maybe some of the options that they have in terms of uh, of whether they could uh, postpone a game, continue the schedule, how they're going to figure out. This is, I mean, that game last night had, again, secondary issues, had serious playoff implications. And, um, and I think that, that that will be something the league will have to get to in in, uh, in order. Not uh, Hopefully, number one, we're concerned about the health of the player, and hopefully he responds and the tragedy is limited to him uh, being hit and leaving the game in that fashion. And it's not something that would even force you to contemplate how you honor him or how you uh, carry on because I don't know – I don't know that you could as a team. I I don't know how you would do
3: that. It's a practical matter right now. Right. You cannot make a decision. You can discuss contingency plans, but you cannot make a determination until you know what his health status is moving forward because you have to consider all the options. If the recovery is is looking positive, then you have one set of circumstances you can consider. And if it goes the other way, I think that you have to – Consider that as well, and sure. until you know, right? As a league, you can't you can't go down either path. But you so, don't like
2: you can't. They, they, just to clarify, the Buffalo Bills that they, they they are back in Buffalo. They right? flew back. They landed they, at two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there is no way to. There's. I don't know how you could possibly play the game uh, tomorrow, which you'd have to try to play it tomorrow. I don't know how that would even work. I don't think it's realistic. I don't think you can play. I don't a think game. it's smart. No. I don't I, think it's necessary. Yeah, I think there are other issues. This outpouring
3: right of perspective is, is encouraging. Yes, And, is, it is. and is something that is yes, good to is. hear and good to see and experience. So you're not going to, I think, go from there yeah. and being in, in that place to like, oh, gee, you know, what are we going to do now because we have to play this game because we have to determine home field advantage. That would be a
2: very abrupt pivot in, in the wrong direction in my view. Let's try Mike. Mike's in Elgin. Hey, Mike.
7: Hey, Molly, and how are you guys doing?
2: Good.
7: Um, my wife went under the same procedure, but she never collapsed. She has a. She's only fifty-two years old. This happened two years ago, and she thought it was just chest pain, so she had the monitor put in her chest oh. and stuff like that. As we change every five years, she was, this was a specialist and stuff like that, and. I hope everyone, every person is different and stuff like that. I hope he pulls out of this and everything, but every person is different. She went through a hard time with it. She's still doing a hard time. And, you know, and it's, she's, you know, the thing you had to put in your chest on what she did with her in her chest, it only lasts five to 10, five to 10 years. Mm. You had to remove it and put a new one in. So I don't know. I, I just want to make sure he's okay to, you know, you know, and make it out of life. I don't about put, is not important right now. Just make for him what he's doing for his family and everything. But I went through a lot of pres- – she was in the hospital like three weeks. And yeah. I went through a lot of stuff. Well, you know, Remember the Hank Gathers story?
3: Sure, what sure. happened to him? Well, that, what was, to him? Well, that he, was a
2: different situation. He died on the court. He died
3: yeah. on the court. That was on March fourth, 1990. He played for Loyola Marymount. Yes. And that was something known as hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Yes. This, the way we understand now, based on the limited information that we do have, was an episode that was brought on by the contact, yep. the blunt force, to the chest. To the chest. So that created, and again, the, the terms that have been thrown around, you see the Twitter doctors and you see people talking about this, commotio cortis. And that is something that's different than um, what Hank Gathers experienced, right. tragically. And, Mike, we hope your wife is okay. Yeah. I don't know God if it's a similar situation right. or not, but I think that the recovery is is relatable, and, and I think you hope that uh, she's okay, and, and you right. certainly hope to handle And I'm it. sure the
2: perspective is relatable. That, definitely. Let's try Frank. Frank's in Lombard. Hey, Frank.
1: How are you guys? Right. Um, as always, love the show. Uh, I hate the topic we're talking about, but it's reality. And, you know, that was truly disturbing yesterday. Uh it just, it just was, and all I do is think about him and his family. But I hate to play the if game because I don't do that, but I'm going to here. If this was a Bears-Houston game, would the, and I'm going to use the word, insensitive people out there care about home field advantage or rescheduling a game? And with all due respect, because I enjoy listening to him on Mondays, Brad Biggs was very insensitive to the issue. That's just my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I don't thinking. think I, I. I and thanks for the phone call, Frank. I don't believe that Biggsy was insensitive to it. I, I. I've talked to Biggs. Listen, it, it is. You know, we asked him a question about the practicality of it, and he was responding to it. And I don't think if that came across as insensitive, I don't think it's fair to to judge it that way because he was answering a question on that on that uh, basis. And that, you know, again, I, I, um, yeah, we're not here to. No, Brad no, is. No, uh, we have Brad's conversations. We're open yeah.
3: with each other, and I think the that is is part of why he's he's really compelling to talk to as often as we do. As for the stakes of the game, certainly, I would agree with that. Though, if this were not a game with implications,
2: well, it in, in the if postseason. It was for, if it was for the first overall draft pick, flip a coin. That's been done in it's sports been done forever. forever, exactly.
3: And if it were for and the it, difference between drafting third or seventh or whatever the case may be, you would not have any debate about what to do. So I think maybe if his point is that if if, if it wouldn't matter, then it shouldn't matter now. Or you know, is he, that what he's saying? I I don't know
2: if that's what he's saying. That's certainly the implication. Well, I mean, here's all I know: if it came down to a coin flip, the Bears would probably lose it just based on past <laughs> coin flips. And I'm, and I'm being lighthearted about it because. Uh, it's a serious subject. Let's try uh, – who do we have here? I'm sorry. Uh, let's try Dean. Dean's in DeKalb.
4: Hey, gentlemen, I'm just curious, would the
6: NFL think about maybe incorporating that bye week between the AFC-NFC championship and the Super Bowl where they get that right. week off? Maybe right. they could use that week as an adjustment.
2: Yeah, Possible. you know that that could be something. the the uh, the uh, AFC and NFC championship games are on the 29th, and the Super Bowl is on February twelfth. You'd have to change the NFC so too. There is a bye week. You'd have and, to change the NFC schedule. Well, as that's well. what I'm saying. You change. It. You change both. That's why I said both around the 29th. Yeah. I think you'd have to. I, you couldn't. You'd, you'd have f- to move the whole thing back a you, week. You'd have to move everything then, back. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that they. I, I don't know what they'll do, I, and I don't think it is the priority. It is an interesting idea because there are different ways they could go about it, but I, I'm not sure what the correct way would be. The, the the difference this year than in previous years is that there is only one team that gets a bye week. And at this point, it would have been the Bills had they won last night and then won their season finale, which, by the way, is against the Patriots, who are still in the playoff race too. Um, you know, So the Chiefs, they, there are... You got the Chiefs, the Bills, and uh, and and the Bengals that all were still alive in terms of that um, that uh, number one seed overall. Yeah, yeah, and so the that A&C. is
3: what is at the yes. crux of every conversation about right. what to do about this game, and I it'll continue, but they yeah. cannot make any determination until they know more about the status of Demar Hamlin, and
2: and I, and I think it's. You know, I think that the I don't. I'm not discounting the importance of that discussion, but I just think, as you say, David, I think we, you know, hopefully there is more certainty on the health of the player, and he's he's no longer in critical condition. You get him into stable condition, and then maybe we have these conversations. Yeah. But at this point, because if you're little... talking about
3: compromising the integrity of the league, yeah. Yeah. the the integrity also covers having compassion for players who are injured to the extent that Demar Hamlin was injured last night.
2: Right. So, I mean everyone's got a thought on it. Yep. Um we'll bring in uh Dan and Lawrence and we'll talk to them next, but you know, I think that the takeaway more than anything else, you know, you you uh you want to say congratulations to the medical professionals that were there. That that is a laudable a turn of events to deal with something like that and and it you know it makes you stop and think about the people in our city that have to do that every day not in the world of sports but in life heroic you know absolutely you know you, you know the all the people that are that are working in emergency rooms that are working uh as paramedics and and you know whatever your connection this sort of thing and whatever you see in your daily lives maybe we all need to take a a moment of perspective with that too. So a sincere thank you to, to everyone uh, connected to all those professions. We really appreciate your hard work and it, you know, it's been very difficult through the pandemic and all the rest of it, but uh, another reminder of, of how, you know, as much as we laud the, the, the modern technology, it's human beings behind all of it that, uh, that really matter. So, Um, much praise to all. And we will bring in Dan and Lawrence next. It's Mully and Hall on the score.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?